0: This is a sermon given at St. David's Episcopal Church in Austin, Texas. Visit our website at SaintDave.org. Well, good morning, you brood of vipers. (laughs) This is the one Sunday of the year that every Episcopal priest longs for. (laughs) It is the second Sunday of Advent. And we get to call you names. It's the Sunday that we're supposed to, even us mild-mannered, supposedly kind clergy, are supposed to point out some things that need to be done. You need to change some things. And you need to start doing some other things. And you don't have all day to sort this out. It is coming. So get ready. We're ready. I just don't have that in me. I don't have a prophet in me today. I just don't have the the thing I need to rail at you and to tell you all the things that I think you're doing wrong. And I think it's because over the last three years, every single one of you that I've talked to for longer than just hello in the entryway has been punched in the gut. The world has punched every one of us in the gut. And I kind of think it's cruel to kick you while you're down. So I just don't have the full profit in me. Thinking about the last three years in particular, but, you know, it's been longer than that, certainly. The toxic political environment that's been going on for years and years now. Of course, the impact of the pandemic on all of us. The toll that it's taken. The toll that's it's taken on our bodies in our hearts and our minds and our relationships and our work, the constant, never ending requirement to adapt and adjust and to do something differently than we were doing last week, and on and on it goes. We've all been punched in the gut, and it just keeps coming. It just keeps coming. I mean, even this week, this week. One of the biggest celebrities of this generation got a full hour of airtime to spew hostile anti-Semitic rhetoric into the world. What? How is this even still a thing? How is this even possible? Just a punch in the gut after a punch in the gut. Chris is a teacher and a nurse, and this week she shared me shared a, a study with me out of Sanford University, and it was CAT scans of teenagers between the ages of 15 and 18. They'd had CAT scans of these kids as part of a study before the pandemic, and they took CAT scans for them after the pandemic. And what they're showing are actual physiological changes in the brain itself. That those kids, every one of them, their brain had aged twice as fast as it should have. It had aged three more years over the three years that they had grown. These are kids between 15 and 18. Those results are normally only seen in teenagers who live in war-torn countries or who have suffered unspeakable trauma in their life. None of these kids fit that category. And yet the same physiological changes in their brain have happened over the last three years. The part of the brain that triggers fight and flight had grown in every one of them. All the things that we do to adapt to anxiety and fear and trauma in our life, those parts of the brains had adapted because they had dropped into survival mode. And as you know yourself, just experientially, when you drop into survival mode and you drop into fight or flight, the parts of your brain that allow you to learn, that allow you to remember and allow you to practice compassion are diminished and the number of people who are being treated for anxiety has gone right through the roof for good cause we've all been punched in the gut so I just don't have a brood of vipers in me (laughs) because honestly so have I I've been punched in the gut too I'm exhausted So what now? We come into the season of Advent and it's when we're invited liturgically to prepare our hearts for the coming of the kingdom. And so we're supposed to put our house in order. We're supposed to repent of some things and to get things ready for the incarnation. So what do we do? What is the nature of that waiting? Normally the nature of that waiting is this huge call to repentance. But maybe there's another call that we can lean on that might be a little more helpful than our buddy John the Baptist right now. And you're going to be surprised because I'm going to say, maybe we should see what Paul has to say. (laughs) Not exactly your favorite house guest either when it comes to calling people's names. But actually in his letter to the Romans, which is part of the lectionary for today, it just wasn't one of the lessons we read. His letter to the Romans assigned today is the 15th chapter, about halfway through the 15th chapter. He's wrapping up his letter. And there's a few brood of vipers in there for the Romans, but mostly the whole letter is actually pastoral. The whole letter he's writing to Christians in Rome, Jewish Christians in Rome. Okay, that is a minority of a minority, right? And they are under pressure. They're having a hard time with this. It's a very difficult setting to do this, and they're being pushed on all sides. And so he spends a lot of time... Pouring out beautiful encouragement. You remember the 8th chapter. What can separate us from the love of God? Neither life nor death nor angels, principalities. That kind of thing. He's giving hope. But what is, then he talks about this imminent return of Christ. And then he talks about in the meantime. What do we do in the meantime? While we are waiting for this incarnation. While we are waiting for the return. What do we do? And the lesson for today Is so simple, it's almost pedestrian. He says, welcome one another. Therefore, just as Christ has welcomed you for the glory of God. Welcome one another. Maybe the most elementary thing we can do is practice hospitality. You know, think about it. When you've been gut-punched, what's the most helpful thing? It's somebody seeing you. It's somebody welcoming you into their world in some way. He says, welcome one another. What a beautifully transformative, simple invitation for the season of Advent. Just practice a little hospitality. Just practice a little kindness. You know, the great thing about the arrangement of this room is that we get to play with it, you know, and we get to put it in different shapes. The way it's shaped right this minute is particularly helpful for practicing hospitality. So don't look at me for a minute. Actually, look across at one another. Right, and right now, I mean, the great thing about this is you're not looking in the back of anybody's head, right? So you can, you can look across the room. Now, you guys are outnumbered over here, but... You look across the room. Make eye contact for a second. Raise an eyebrow. Smile with your eyes. A little smile. Some contact with another person. Just simply saying, I see you. And I am glad you are here. You are welcome here. As you leave today, when you go out into the lobby or into Sumner's for your breakfast... And we do the whole hello, how are you thing. When someone says, hello, how are you? How about actually answering the question? (laughs) Tell the truth for a second. That's been a great week say so. But if you've been punched in the gut, say so. And when you ask the question, how are you? If someone starts to answer it, maybe sit down for a second together. Listen eye contact now another thing that's interesting about what Paul said is he he tells them he quotes four different passages of scripture in about three verses and he tells them to welcome the Gentile now this was a big deal remember in the day there were Jews and there was everybody else and everybody else were Gentiles and some of these Gentiles were causing them a lot of trouble he says welcome even the Gentile so just think about that in the modern context It's just who's not here? Who's missing? Who needs to feel invited, welcome? Maybe somebody at work or somebody in your neighborhood or somebody in your family that no one's made eye contact with them in a really long time. No one's touched them, maybe. What if you just find a way to welcome them? Maybe even invite them to come here. Or someone else will welcome them. Someone else will look them in the eye. Practice a little hospitality. A warm cup of coffee is a huge gift to someone who's been punched in the gut. And we've all been punched in the gut. So welcome one another. That's our work as we wait the incarnation. That's our work as we wait for the return of Christ. That is how we know when it comes we will finally be prepared. In the name of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen.